Hey guys, live from New York on a brief stint here at a hotel in Chelsea. You're at uh, Tiki Tuesday Talks. Let's get the crew over here. Hey guys. Aloha. Hello. Aloha. Carly, what's going on? Oh, you know, just enjoying this beautiful rainy Chicago weather. <laughs> there you go. Hey. Well, could be could be could be 115 in Vegas or yeah, 90 with 90% humidity in New York. I'm just winning everywhere I go. Let's make it. <laughs> Steve, what's happening? Different view this time. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm house-sitting for someone this week, so I'm enjoying their house and their puppy dog, so it's really great. Oh, are we going to uh, get a puppy cameo here? Maybe. She's a little shy right now, but I'll get her over here. Um, it's very cool in Birmingham, so y'all just come on down south. <laughs> <laughs> down south for the cool weather. That, right. that Listen, it's 80 degrees, sure. so. Wow. Wow. That's wild. Let's see what is it doing now here. Also, I see you, every single person who's now complaining about how hot it is when you talk about people in the south not knowing what to do with snow. I see you. Yep. I mean, I, I, I live in Vegas. I'm hot there, too. I'm hot everywhere. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Aaron, what's going on? What's, What's going, going on? on? You got the summer look going. You're very trimmed up. Oh, yeah, you know, it, it's a lot, a little bit grayer. So you know, letting letting my whites out and just hanging out. Yeah, you know, Steve, I'm glad you brought that up because it is a nice balmy, you know, 98 degrees here in Baltimore. There you go. You know, and uh, we're awesome. we're used to this because you know, unlike other places, we get not only heat but humidity. So mm. it's doing something to my hair as well, as you can tell. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. yes, that's we're, a nice we're, volume. Yes, exactly. A little, little extra puff going on. Oh, uh, here we go. Here we go. Hey, oh, hey, Cassandra. Just Hi, guys. In time to say hello. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Trying to on? open the bar at the same time. I got a little like probably That's cool. there, so. That should be part of what everybody does. You got to live stream your bar shift every night. <laughs> you know, talk about the cocktail you're making, break it down, the ingredients, etc. I feel like that's really workable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> What's going on? Where are you at? Me? Yes. So I'm here in Cleveland, Ohio. I'll let you guys look around. But this yeah. is my bar. One of my bars. It's Max. Say hi, Andrew. But we are at Six City <laughs> Steelers Club, which is a nautical bar with over yeah. different cane spirits, including Amok. Um, nice. All that fun Very stuff. Very cool. Kind of lay out there, but yeah. So just chilling out in Cleveland in 90 degree weather. It's about to storm, so this should be fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody's hot except for Steva is the net of it. Um, <laughs> just hilarious. I was. I used to live in DC, and there would be times there would be like 95, 90 percent, 95 percent humidity. Like you could walk out of a door, and half of your body would already be like covered in sweat. The other half that was still in the air conditioning wouldn't quite be there. But then, like literally in the next second, the whole thing. It's like nothing everywhere black. <laughs> exactly. It's great. It's great. I had a I had a I had a passport photo that I had for 10 years because I had to walk two blocks from my office in DC. And it's just like me doused in sweat. I just really, really not not the best look. But here we are. Global warming. It's great. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Historical record highs. Gotta love it. Yeah, it's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just an anomaly. All right, perfect. Cool, guys. Well, we'll see you shortly. Uh, let's get into our topic here. So, Carly's joining us to go to the Batch Cave. And you really, you really sold these puns, so we better be hearing some really good stuff. Yeah, perfect. You know, as we go here. Uh, so, as usual, hit us with questions on either Facebook or Zabby. Um, share the event, please. Presentation, 30 to 40 minutes. Cocktail session, 30 seconds, because it's batched. Uh, and then we'll go to five questions. We'll bring Cassandra back. So a little bit about you. Owner and self-described punslinger of Hospitality 201 Events Catering Consultancy Agency. Discuss a few tips and tricks to make sure your event management and batching skills are executed to the highest standards. Uh, do you want to give a little more background on yourself just before we jump into this whole situation? 
Yeah, for sure. So I am originally from Nashville. I've been up in Chicago five years this week, which is crazy. I, Congrats. I, I feel like I just moved here, but I feel like I've been here for 20 years. Like I, you know, Chicago is such a wonderful city. And especially now that we're reopening, it just feels like there's a new, It's it feels like it's a completely new city, I guess. It's like, I don't know, everybody's just excited about being out. It's really wonderful. Um, so I've been bartending about 10 years now, which is also crazy to say. Um, I, you know, started working like most of us at a little sports bar down in Nashville and then went out one night to like the ones of the one cocktail bar at the time uh, with my roommate and we had last words and I was like, this is amazing. Like green chartreuse is a good cool. start. This? <laughs> uh, All still I, true today. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's still true today. Uh, and I was immediately hooked and then uh, got a serving job at the second cocktail bar that I ended up opening in Nashville and worked my way up from there. And then, uh, yeah, moved to Chicago. I was um, one of the opening bartenders for Bad Hunter, which uh, sadly has closed over the summer mm -hmm. due to COVID, which is really upsetting. But um, upsetting. My then our manager and I left to open Hospitality 201. So we do consulting, we do event production, we throw parties, we do cocktail competitions, we anything that involves the hospitality industry, we do and we have so much fun doing it. And uh, we're really fortunate to be, you know, steadily busy through the pandemic and really fortunate to be back doing what we love doing. So yeah, thank you for having awesome. me. Awesome. Stoked to have you. Cool, cool. All right. So with that, why don't we jump into your presentation? Let's try and do the handoff here. Let's see if we All can't right. get this moving. Here we go. Let's see if we can do this. View, present. All right, you everybody see that? Oops, let me start at the beginning. All right, everybody good? Ready to roll? Peter, can you see that? Uh, it's coming up. Go to view, not presentation. I think you want to do like full or some such. What do you got there? Full screen, maybe? Nope. Nope, I lied. All right, how about this? Does that work for everybody? You can see what you're Yeah, that, that works. That works. We can make it work. Let's do it. Yeah, I think we'll make it work. I think we'll make it work. All right, to the Batch Cave. Uh, it's hilariously what we like to call our little prep space in the back. Um, so where I'm sitting right now is our kind of front office area. And I always say that our business is like a mullet, except it's a party in the front and a party in the back. Um, there you so, go, one down, one down. <laughs> there we go, Q score. Um, so we use the front as kind of an office space. I'm actually sitting at our little four seat R&D bar and then the back is, you know, hilariously dubbed the batch cave and it's where we do all of our prep and it's really small but we've cranked out thousands and thousands of cocktails in this tiny little space so uh yeah I'm zooming in for people to see it all right so topics we'll be discussing today and again if you have any questions throw them up in the chat uh and then we'll kind of answer them at the end or as we go whatever works you can also reach out to me via email or through my Instagram. Um, and you know, if you have any questions afterwards or would like to review any of this information, feel free to, to reach out to me for sure. Um, so today we'll be discussing juice and prep yields to avoid over prepping because when you're prepping hundreds and thousands of cocktails, it's like, how much citrus do I buy? How many cases and you know things like this do I buy to prep all of these delicious fresh ingredients? So we can talk about that, which is um, something that I've done a lot of work on over the past couple years. We're gonna talk about batching techniques, event management, event service best practices, which Batman was best personally. <laughs> Uh, we can discuss this later. I don't want to upset anybody. Yeah, off the whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, and lastly, we'll be discussing, but it's really not up for discussion. Uh, who is your favorite Batman villain, and why is it Mister Freeze? He's, I mean, he's like the king of puns. He's, you know, honestly, he's a great guy. he really and is. Yeah, honestly, wow. he's a pretty cool guy, and he's going to show up a lot in this presentation. So uh, amazing. Strap in, y'all. This one came in, came on the TV recently, and I was just like, "Wow, he really is just like nailing it's, him," you know. It's one of 
I, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger, but this one, I mean, he's yeah. just like his entire, his entire script is just puns. And like, how can you not have that? It's great. So anyways, <laughs> Mr. Freeze is the best and that's not up for debate. Um, <laughs> Uh, one thing that can really help with your, you know, again, when we're talking about large events and so many cocktails, um, you know, a little bit of saving money in a couple different places can go a really, really long way and can really add up. So it also helps out with waste. So one thing that we do is find ways to use either citrus oil alternatives, which, uh, I'll actually show you guys later in this little atomizer here. It's just like a, an orange and a, <clears throat> here we go. It's just a little orange and lemon essential oils. So, you know, if you're doing a festival, or you're doing something where you're, you're cranking out 500 cocktails and each one needs its own orange or lemon peel, then at the end, what are you doing with all of these peeled oranges? You know, you can give them a bar, but who's really, you know, crushing through orange juice like that? And, that aren't already that aren't already juicing their own oranges. So um, we use a lot of different alternatives. I have a couple brands that I really love that I can talk to everybody about later. Uh, and then another thing that we do, and we started doing at Bad Hunter, is we actually will cut discs um, about a quarter size out of your oranges, so you get at least two to three times as many discs as you would peels. Um, so each orange, I think you get about 12 to 15 discs out of, and it's the perfect size to just get the perfect amount of orange oils or lemon oils or lime oils, grapefruit, whatever you want uh, onto your cocktail. And that way you're using a lot less produce and you're throwing away a lot less. Mm. Uh, and can really help your bar out. It helps you, you know, your costs in line, your owners and managers are going to love you because you're saving them money and they're super easy to prep. So we're talking about just like a small little circle versus longer strip and therefore yeah. you get more out of yeah, a single when one when you're squeezing the orange i mean you're really getting the middle you're not mm, really yeah some people do um you know and i think the discs look super cute too if they're perfectly cut you just drop it in mm. and it's a cute little cute little coin size disc got it uh, and then again prepping mint is such a pain and i know that i've talked to so many people about okay okay Okay, awesome. Uh, like 12 to 4. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, sorry, I'm getting my air conditioning fixed. Anyways. Uh, well, that's important. I think <laughs> everybody can understand that one. <laughs> um, so prepping mint, especially in these hot months, and especially if you're doing an outdoor event or you're at an outdoor bar, I mean, that mint is like, it just turns brown, it goes limp, it doesn't look super pretty. So one thing we do is... Um, wrap them in wet sea folds and then pull them out as needed. So we'll wrap, you know, big bunches and just kind of wash and prep those ahead of time. And your mint hours later are going to look real cute, real nice and perky, still green uh, and really delicious. And then we also uh, cross utilize. We find, we try to find ingredients that we can cross utilize. So for example, um, you know, pineapples, you have those beautiful fronds that you can wash and use as a garnish as well. Cause I mean, who doesn't love fresh pineapple juice in a cocktail? Um, and then you can also use the the remaining for a garnish as well. So, um, and then the cocktail that I've made for you guys today actually uses leftover kumquats that I have from an event. Um, and so we just slice them really thin, press them with some uh, dry vermouth, and then we could actually use those those cute little uh, kumquat discs as a little garnish. So it looks really, really cute. And, you know, we're not wasting, we're not, adding an additional garnish. Um, yeah, so we're you know, cross-utilizing the ingredients that we're already using. So the net of it is maximize the environment yep. and what you get out of it and maximize cuteness. If you can do yeah. both, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the beautiful and save yourself circle of life. Yeah, save yourself some money. <laughs> save money. Because we're, you know, we're a small business. And so you know, we, we try to find ways to minimize waste and, and cut our dollars spent down. And the clients always love that too. And your boss as well. Great. Who doesn't love saving money? People who I guess have a lot of it. <laughs> I think uh, they still love it. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't? All right. And then sugar yields. So this is something that I used to just like when I was a baby bartender, I'm like, yeah, I'll have a liter of simple syrup. If I need two liters of simple syrup, 
I'll just take a liter of sugar and a liter of water and that'll be two liters of simple syrup. And that is absolutely not the case. Um, so generally I found with working with leaders and honestly we do only by volume because we're doing such large amounts. So anytime I'm talking about leaders or, or volumes of anything, I'm talking about um, volume rather than weight. Um, so it, and it honestly works the exact same too. So if you're doing by weight, then you'll get about three quarters of the volume of the ingredients to use. So if I have a liter of sugar and a liter of water, I know that I'm going to get about one and a half liters of a simple syrup. So if you're upping batches, if you need, you know, 10 liters, you can kind of do the math and, uh, figure out exactly how much. So you're not buying a bunch of sugar, wasting a bunch of simple syrup at the end of the day. And also, and that's because the sugar is basically kind of just dissolving effectively into the water in a different in a different ratio. Yep, exactly correct. Got it. Uh, and another thing that we do, and this is something that I've been exper experimenting with a lot, uh, especially since I had quite a bit of time this summer uh, away from events, is reusing citrus shells. And I actually. Um, I started with the recipe from Trash Tiki, which is pretty similar to what I have here, but I kind of ramped mine up a little bit uh, and then took away the malic acid and just used uh, citric acid because I found it's just easier for me and my inventory and ordering to just get one type of acid rather than two and three. Um, so this actually, we, we use a lot of because we can get about um, four to five quarts of lemon juice per case but we'll get about eight to 10 quarts of citrus stock per case. And that's just kind of free. You're not buying anything aside from citric acid and water. You're not buying anything additional to make this other product. And it works exactly the same way as a lemon juice would. Um, you know, obviously tastes a little different if you're doing like, um, you know, just a, a straight up sour versus lemon stock versus fresh juice. You can definitely taste the difference, but um, you know, it's a really, really easy way to reuse something that's thrown away, save yourself some money and taste really delicious. And it's a, a little more shelf stable. I won't say that it's like totally shelf stable because it's not. Um, I, I also don't know, like I wouldn't put a date on it, but we kind of just treat it like regular lemon juice and say after three days, we'll, we'll mix it. But I think you could go a little bit longer with it, but I'm not a scientist and I don't work for the FDA. <laughs> question for you, a question for you on the malic thing. Mm -hmm. So do you find that it yields a different taste by just going with citric on this? Or like what's the what's the thought process there? Other is it just simplification and it's close enough? Yeah, I, it's simplification, but I think you know, malic is more like a lime juice, more like mm -hmm. a um Malik is more like a, a like a dry tart rather than a citrus tart, if that makes any sense. So it'd be more like yeah. a, like a grape peel. Like that's kind of what malic acid Got is. It. So if I'm doing a lime stock, I'll definitely use malic. Um, but for just a lemon stock, citric is great. I think it works wonderfully. And throwing in a little bit of that sugar kind of rounds out that citric acid, like kind of like back of your back of your tongue taste. But you're not adding in, you know a lot of sugar. It's just to kind of balance the two out. As far as flavor, I see, goes. I see Steva in the back, the back room there, just diligently taking notes, enthralled <laughs> right now. I was <laughs> loving it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, and this is obviously a really big, you know, because we do work in really big batches. This is a huge nine liter, you know, recipe. So uh, all of these numbers you can bump down by halves and fives, and and you know, make whatever you need to. Uh, I, the most important thing for this one is to, and I put this in all bold, is uh, don't boil it for any longer than five minutes. When I was playing around, I was like, you know, I'm gonna like, it's it's essentially like tea. It gets super dry and like crazy bitter. Uh, when I was first playing around with it, I was like, you know, I'll just like boil it for 20 minutes and get more lime juice out. And I took a taste and it was like, holy cow, I feel like I just ate an entire mouthful of like lime rinds. It was so dry and yeah. so five minutes is totally the max you should use for that. Um, and then when it comes out, it's this beautiful, bright citrus smell and, you know, makes your whole prep room smell like Fruit Loops, which everybody loves. Nice. Yeah, we have a, we have a, a guest talking about how this is going to help with their limoncello, lime cello 
yeah. cetera concoctions. So there you go. Yeah, definitely. I haven't really experimented with limoncellos in years and years. So I'll definitely uh, I'll give that a go pretty soon. That sounds delicious. We just got a brand new yeah. freezer too, so I'm looking to stock up on some stuff. So why not? Oh. Also, my computer, I have <laughs> all the time. Um, Thank you. Have a good one. Okay. Uh, if we I get those guys in, maybe they have something to add here on this particular slide. They're actually <laughs> air conditioning guys, so maybe they would, you know, love this slide too because they work with ice a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a question that I get asked all the time from friends who are, you know, throwing parties or hosting small events or helping out with a friend's wedding is how much ice to order. Because it's hard to really quantify that, you know. We know that we need a lot, but how much do we really need? Um, and ice, you know, it melts. It's kind of a pain. You have to buy coolers. You have to figure out freezer space. So, is if we can buy, if we can find the perfect amount of ice to order or to purchase for each event, then that saves us a lot of headache and a lot of waste. So, we on hospitality to one, and, and when I say we, I, I mean you know me and my business partner Josh Fawcett. Um, we have found that for pre-diluted drinks, and we'll get into the difference between pre-diluted and diluted cocktails a little bit later, um, but for pre-diluted cocktails, so kind of like a punch, something that you know, you're know you adding water to that batch so that you're not mixing and stirring, you're just pouring it straight up over ice, we find that it's about a quarter pound per cocktail. So if you've got 100 cocktails, you need 25 pounds of ice. And that's obviously without waste. So we always say, you know, get a couple pounds here and there uh, for a little bit more. But you really don't need a whole lot of ice for that. And obviously that's, you know, Hoshizaki. If you're working with Crush, you might need a little bit more just because that's going to melt a little bit quicker. Um, but we found that when you're just serving it over ice and sending it out, a quarter pound is kind of that sweet spot. And then the same for an undiluted drink. When you are mixing and... and uh, or shaking and stirring, we say about a half pound because then you're going to need that quarter pound to to shake and to stir. Uh, and and we like to to do quite a bit of what we call ice conservation during events. So you know if we're just pumping out drinks at like a festival, um, we're just kind of we have a mixing glass with say an old fashioned, and then we have our shaker tin, and we'll kind of just reuse that ice until it's totally done. Um, and we're not like mixing cocktails that each have their own vessel. So that, that keeps down on a lot of ice waste, um, you know, because at the end of an event, you've got this huge dump thing that's got an extra 50 pounds of ice in it that could have been used. Um, and then pre-diluted, which is uh, what I've done for you guys today. So keeping it cooler. Um, so I made a little kumquat um, driver move and plantation dark cocktail. So again, like took some extra kumquats I've kept this over ice for you guys. So I've added a little bit of dilution. So all I need to do is pour some in my glass and then garnish it with a little orange oil. Come on. And boom, it took me like five seconds to make this drink and cheers everybody. Yeah, that was way too long. If I was at a bar, I'd be really upset. That way well, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> So this is something that we do a lot for, you know, events, that, again, where you're just really trying to push something out where, you know, it's at a festival and there's like free tastings or something and there's a, a huge line. You're just trying to get these drinks out as quickly as possible. So we'll go ahead and add the dilution to that and then keep, you know, that batch in a cooler or on some ice. That way when it's served, it's still nice and crisp and cold. Um, and then as far as ice goes for undiluted drinks that are served up, if we're shaking and stirring, we still say about a quarter pound per cocktail. Simple, useful, like it. it. Yeah, and I love round numbers too. I'm like quarter pound, yeah. that's it. Yeah, Easy. you're just like, I get it, yeah. Add them <laughs> together, half, yep, get it, cool. Oh, Mr. Freeze again, what are you doing here? He just wants to <laughs> I can miss the last one, I promise, for now. All right, and then we've been yeah. super, super exciting. Oh, this is a great slide, really visible. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to tuck this slide in the middle. Uh, for me, it's <laughs> the most exciting. But for a lot of people, they see spreadsheets and they're like, oh, no. Uh, but this is super pleasing to me. We took, we spent a lot of time over the summer, like right when COVID hit, uh, 
using different juicers, finding out exactly how much yield we're getting from different fruits and vegetables. And this is something that is incredibly helpful for me and something that I love talking about. Um, and because you can kind of see, so without getting too deep into it, um, we have a Citricasa, which is one of the huge, like stand up, self running, super beautiful uh, juicers. So all you do is dump a case of whatever citrus you're juicing into the top. You push a button and it juices it for you. It's amazing. It's the best thing we've ever purchased. Um, and I'm sure juices- everyone has one at home. No problem. Yeah, right. They make little tabletop, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Okay. So this is a whole case of lemons or limes in like six minutes. It's nuts. And it's amazing to watch. Wow. Um, but it does have the, the least amount of yield out of the two. So if you see here, we did Citricasa. We did a case with the little hand crank juicer. And then we also did a case with the Sunkist. But it's not that big of a difference in yield. You're still getting quite a bit. Uh, and honestly, the what it saves you the most on is time because you're able to do something else while this is juicing. Uh, and you're not cranking for, you know, an hour to two hours, depending on how many cases you're juicing. Um, and then we have the classic Sunkist, which has obviously the most, uh, which is my favorite little tabletop juicer too. I've, I've worked, I grew up on a Sunkist. I love a Sunkist. Now we've graduated to a Citricasa, but I still like, if I need, you know, a liter or two, I'll still bust out the, the, the Sunkist. I love it so much. Um, and then down here, we kind of broke down our fruits as far as seasonality goes. So we can kind of remind ourselves like, oh, I want to do a watermelon cocktail, but it's December. So I'm not going to do that because it's not going to be delicious. It's going to be expensive and it's going to be hard to find. And it's also going to be wasteful. Um, and then we have two different types of juicers that we've used for this. So the kind of top loading fruit juicer that a lot of people have at home. And then we also use a macerating or masticating juicer. Um, which kind of just like pulverizes and crushes rather than just spins it quickly through a grinder, I guess. So I don't know. A thing that uh, that cuts it up really quickly. <laughs> 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 Whatever that's called. So you can see like with the macerating, you're getting almost twice the yield on your like wetter, um, juicier. So like pineapples, watermelon, cantaloupes, honeydew. You're getting almost twice the yield from a top wow. producer, which is insane. So you know, we said eight pieces, you get about a hundred and, and by about, I mean, exactly 104 ounces. Um, so, you know, kind of when you're, when you're prepping things, if you're able to choose between juicers, I would say, you know, for your wetter, definitely use macerating because that pulp is going to come out pretty dry where with your top loading fruit juicer it comes out like pretty wet. Um, so you're using, you're losing a lot of that juice just because you're juicing so quickly. And then with, you know, your harder fruits, your apples, cucumbers, and strawberries, obviously uh, the top loading was better for that because it just kind of like, you know, pulverizes it into a juice rather than like actually pressing it out. Um, Mm. So you're getting the skins in there, you're getting, you know, a little bit of everything else in there. Uh, And then kind of the same deal with um, root vegetables. We're getting a little bit more in the macerating. It doesn't really make a huge difference for beets. Uh, we didn't juice turmeric with the top loading because our juicer, we actually went through two of them because it just was like, nope, don't like turmeric, too tough. So I wouldn't recommend that. So I would only recommend juicing turmeric with your macerating. Uh, and then carrots mm-hmm. kind of the same and then celery about the same as well. All right. That was the most boring slide for a lot of people, but I really love it. I mean, so. that's good info. <laughs> it's very boring. good info. But it really, really helps in the long run, especially when you're ordering. You know, you're like, I need, oh, I need, uh, you know, gosh, 500 ounces of pineapple juice. So I'm going to order pineapples. And then you've got the game plan for how you're going to juice it. Yep. Hopefully everybody loves their juicers as much as you do. We'll see. (laughs) I know. I like (laughs) really dumb, like kitchen gadgets. And (laughs) I love It sounds like you chose the right line of work. I know. I'm like, oh, this is so satisfying. Sometimes I'll catch myself just like watching the Citricasa. Like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so pleasing watching it turn. And I don't know. Nice. I'll show you some videos later. Yeah. Let's catch your uh, videos for sure. Yeah. So now that we've gone through like prep yields and all of that really fun mathy science stuff, we're going to get into even more math. Yay! I actually did not do well. The only class that I've ever failed in my entire life was uh, college algebra, and I failed 
miserably. Sorry, mom, if you're still on. I did definitely bomb the class. <laughs> not from lack of effort, but I'm not really good at math. But like petty, petty math, batch math is kind of petty math. So, you know, we're in and out of tills all the time. We're constantly counting money. It's just that basic, simple math is exactly what batching is as well. Just kind of taking an amount, multiplying it by something, dividing it by something, and calling it a day. Um, so <clears throat> we're going to talk about a little bit more about full batches versus pre-diluted versus two-touch, how much dilution to add. That's another question that I get asked a lot. When to add bitters, also another question that I get asked a lot. And we did do some experiments with that, which was really fun. We made a bunch of old fashions, put bitters in. We let them sit for a month, two weeks, a week, one day, and then made one fresh. And so it was, it was really cool to like taste that, you know, taste how it blooms. Uh, and then, you know, we'll talk about how to actually do that math and then how big is your bucket? Because at the end of the day, if you do all this math and then it doesn't fit in your bucket, what are you going to do? Like, I've done that so many times just because I didn't really think about it, you know, years, years ago. I was like, oh, well, I'll just put, you know, this is one big drink. I'll just put it in this bucket and I get halfway through my cocktail and I'm like, oh, that's not going to fit. <laughs> you have to figure out how much you put in, pull it out. It's a whole mess. So we say that about, and by about, I mean exactly. So 576 ounces is four and a half gallons. So that's going to give you a little bit of the top. You obviously don't want to fill up your five gallon bucket to the top because it's just going to slosh more and make a big mess. Um, so we like to leave about a half gallon to a gallon room on our buckets. And then again, super fun slide. I'll go through this one really quickly too, because this is really exciting for me, but not exciting for most people. Uh, <laughs> like a, a little more of an advanced that sheet uh, layout, and I cannot take credit for this one. However, um, you know, this is a similar format to what we use. So, oops, uh, you can see here there's a little drop down menu, and we are working for ounces. So, if you're, you know, ounces versus milliliters versus liters, you can just have that little drop down menu. It's super helpful, and then it will adjust all of your numbers for you. And then here down at the bottom, you can see gallons, and I know that if I'm batching in a five gallon bucket, I'm that's not gonna fit. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and cut this batch in half and do two buckets instead. Cool. There we go. That's I that. love a spreadsheet. I'm yeah. into spreadsheets. I know. All right. <laughs> batch. Also, do you have any questions? I feel like I'm moving pretty quickly. I'm just excited to talk about spreadsheets. No, you're doing great. I mean, uh, well, a couple things. One is there's been a new suggested name for the seminar, Minimizing Waste While Maximizing cute Cuteness, the Carly Gaskin story. <laughs> um, so in case you're looking for a title for your memoirs or something like that. Yeah, maybe that'll be uh, a Yeah, my, my biography as well. I feel like if I call myself cute, it's a little like, I'm cute. And then I have to be <laughs> cute all the time. And it's a lot of work. <laughs> there you go. Now you're just maximizing cuteness, though. You didn't call yourself cute. You know what I mean? Very um, Question about the lemon oil. Can you talk about that? What, what do you got going on in there, in that drink? The lemon oil or the lemon, uh, the citrus stocks? Uh, I, the I have here lemon oil, but you know, you it's, tell me. It probably in this guy. Um, okay. So yeah, it's essentially, it, essentially, it is an essential oil. Um, that we found that, and we, we dilute ours a little bit and just shake it up. Um, obviously oil and water don't really mix, but when you're spraying just straight oil out, uh, it kind of ends up corros corroding here and it's just a lot of oil all at once. So we'll just kind of okay. put it with a bit of water and before you choose, we'll give it a quick shake so that it's not just getting blasted with a whole bunch of oils. Um, so yeah. Let's How much it. water are we talking about? We usually do like, we'll usually do like a one-to-one. -one. Gotcha. So parts water. Yeah. And then where do you get that from? Uh, online, Amazon. There's a couple brands off the top of my head. I can't remember. I'll throw it up in the chat when I remember what the yeah. actual brand is. But uh, I think okay. it's called Natural Life or something. Natural Life cool. oils, is essences, something similar to that. Natural Fair enough. As opposed Sounds to the good. Sounds relaxing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After the math, yeah. It's funny, I had to go back to all this math uh, because I'm, I'm now a tutor apparently in my side gig. Yep. But it's amazing how much I actually remember of uh, middle school math. I, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Certainly don't use it for anything, but you know. Yep. 
it's just a different type of math, you know? It is. It's it is. Because you're just multiplying booze. <laughs> <laughs> right on. That's right what they, on. they didn't teach you that in elementary school. I hope No. That. No. Maybe we'll get more engagement out of the kids, yeah. though. You know? Maybe. Yeah. And we have two Cosmos versus one Cosmo. How many Cosmos do you have? <laughs> All right. Anyway, so rolling into <laughs> pre-batch. Um, pre-batch is essentially pre-batching your cocktail, all the ingredients without water. So if you want to, you know, shake and stir uh, your cocktails and mix those up in front of your guests, which is, again, something that we do a lot of, um, then we are, sorry, I skipped it over. So, uh, so you know, that's going to be because Ooh. you're So you, you will definitely... Uh, definitely be doing this a lot, which is really, really fun. Uh, and then again, so back in, in high volume, this is when you're like crushing out, you're at some sort of like expo or your tails and you're just trying to pump out these daiquiris or whatever you're drinking. So you just want to be able to pour this over ice or pour this up and get it out as quickly as possible. Um, and then two touch is, uh, where we'll have the bottle of booze separately and then we'll have whatever the other mixed batch is. So if you're making a daiquiri, you'll have a bottle of plantation and then you'll have your lime and your simple in another one. And then you're just mixing those together. So, uh, we like to do this on, you know, events that aren't super high volume that we can take a little bit more time on. It's a little more guest engagement because they can see you, you know, measuring and mixing and pouring and shaking. Uh, we do this for all of our branded events because they can then see that bottle being used and poured and it just looks really nice. Uh, and you don't want to waste any booze. So if, you know, if you batch 200 cocktails and you don't go through those 200 cocktails, then they're gone and you can't really reuse them, mm. uh, especially if they have yeah. fresh juices in them. What's the largest number of people you have served at an individual event? Oh, gosh. Uh, I... Well, we've done a couple um, uh, festivals, so I feel like that doesn't really count because that's kind of cheating, you know? Well, I served <laughs> people, and, like, that's not the case. You know, 100,000 people didn't come to my booth. Right. Uh, but we have done, gosh, we did a, a car show um, pre-COVID, and we did, um, I think, 10,000 cocktails. Yeah, it was 5,000 gold rushes and 5,000 margaritas. Wow. At a tiny little like 15 by 25 foot prep space. I have a picture somewhere on my Instagram of me just sitting on a throne of citrus, citrus boxes. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. Uh, so that was really, really fun. Actually, our first event as a company ever was a 700 person major laser concert like three years ago. Mm. Um, so that one was really fun, too. And yeah, a lot of a lot of cocktails went off that night. Obviously, not just the two of us. <laughs> yeah, just two people like cranking out like three thousand cocktails. It's fine. Um, Dealer's choice, every one of them, right? Yeah, right. You get, you get rum neat. You get rum neat. Um, so <laughs> I've discussed this already, but more for you know event servicing and best practices. Uh, when you're dealing with pre-batched and undiluted, it's super important to bring yourself a dump and a rinse bucket. Uh, I learned that lesson the hard way. I went to this big event and I was shaking drinks and I'm like, oh my God, I don't have anywhere to dump my ice and I don't have anywhere to rinse my tin. So I just had to keep getting some water bottles on it just to rinse it off because it is going to get really sticky. I mean, you want to rinse your tins um, pretty often. And then just kind of doing the match on how big your service so that you're not just crushing through, you know, what should be one single cocktail and you're actually pouring it out, you know, one and a half times that drink. So, um, you know, for the sake of example, this one is a pretty big cocktail. So this is actually 8.25 total ounces. Wow. If I'm, yeah. if I'm pouring that drink and shaking it and stirring, I'm going to pour 8.25 ounces. You know, I'm not going to do like, here's 12 ounces. And then I'm out of batch immediately. So uh, just be mindful of how much you're actually serving and how much you're actually uh, shaking. All right, and then going through to pre-batched and diluted, we've touched on this quite a bit. Um, one thing that we have not touched on is actually how much dilution to add. So an easy way to figure that out is to make a cocktail, measure you know exactly how much you're pouring in. So if I'm doing a daiquiri, I like mine as a two ounce, three quarter, half pour. 
So then my build would be 3.25 ounces. So I know that that's in my mind. So then after I shake it, I'll remeasure it. And that's how I would get mm. the water that would go in. So if I would venture to guess it, my end product would be about four and a half ounces. So then I know I'm going to add to 1.25 ounces of dilution per drink. Lots of math we're talking about today. Um, and that's kind of the same <laughs> spot for me. If we're pouring something over crushed ice, I'll do a little bit less, so about an ounce. Um, you know, but stirred and shaken cocktails generally are going to be around an ounce uh, and a quarter. Um, so we can do the math there. Some people do percentages, but I just, for me, and the sake of, again, round numbers and multiplication, makes it a lot easier for me to just multiply 1.25 by however many drinks I'm making. And use filtered water if you can. That's a given. Especially if you live in a, in a big city like me. Unless uh, you're in New York, tap. New York, New York City, tap. Yeah, dude. Right. That's why the are so good. <laughs> uh, and then two touch right. That's touch. correct. There's two touch we've touched on, pun intended on that one. I think that's uh, oh. two or three points for me. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So we've talked about this quite a bit again, so I won't, you know, super harp on this. But, um, you know, if you are doing a branded event, this is just a nice little little nod to them um, and just say, hey, we love your product so much that we don't want to waste it. And they're That's going a good idea. I mean, I think it's a good idea. And also, obviously, as a brand owner, you get the brand impression you know, in a nicer, I mean, it's, it's fun to see the bottle full of some random color, Yeah. but it's obviously not what it's, you know, you're getting photos of that, et cetera. So, mm -hmm. so let's say I'm, I'm ordering an event with you guys. I'm going to be like, Hey, can you two touch, uh, the cocktails? So I get that nice clean bottle and you'll be like, Oh, totally. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, we generally do it already. Um, but yeah, I mean, for sure we'll do whatever, you know, whatever you want. I'm saying, let's say we're talking to somebody not as experienced as you guys, for example, yeah. right? What kind yeah. of language would you use? How do you dumb it down for for the general public, if you will? Yeah. I would just say batch it without the booze, you know, keep that separate. Yeah. 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 Because not everybody uses the term two touch. I think that's a very right. like mixology thing. Right. Um, that's where I'm getting at. Yeah. 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 I see what you mean. That's yeah. good, though. I like the term. Yeah. And, you know, then that gives you a little. A little room to have a little taste for yourself at the end of the night. There you go. All right. And then bitters. Uh, this is another thing that we I get a lot of questions about. We've done seminars about. We have asked around. Um, and it's kind of one of those like weird things in our industry where there's no right answer and there's really no wrong answer. It's just however you want to batch bitters, however you don't want to batch bitters or you don't want to use bitters if, you, if you're batching. Um, it's kind of one of those weird things in our industry that we talk about often, but there's never really been the science behind it. Uh, a couple years ago, I think it was um, Don Lee actually did the math. And he was like, how many dashes are in an ounce? Because I would like, you know, to make my life easier instead of just going, you know, dashing something 300 times in a row. I want to be able to like, <laughs> figure it out. That makes sense. And so he, he did the math and he found that, 41 dashes is an ounce. But for me, I like to call it 42 because the sake of round numbers and because I'm a really big uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan. And <laughs> it's the answer to the biggest question in the universe. I mean, come on, it's 42, 42 is an ounce. And that's, that's I'm sticking by it. Um, Got it, know, not gonna argue with you. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when we're when we are batching bitters, we like to add about half if we're gonna, you know, batch the day before or batch the morning of. We'll add about half the amount of bitters that we normally would because you're gonna get a little bit of blooming there, not a whole lot. Um, but we find that, you know, when when you're making such a large quantity of things that you don't necessarily need the full two dashes per cocktail. They're definitely gonna be there. They're gonna bloom on you a little bit, and it's just easier to batch for half. Uh, in case you do want to, you know, you batch two days before or something like that. If that, if that batch is going to sit for a little bit, you want to give it a little room to bloom without being like pow in your face. And yeah. So you were talking about like kind of studying like a year, six months, three months, a mm -hmm. week, a day, what have you, you know, how, how drastic did you guys find the bitter bloom, if you will? Uh, I think you called it right. Like how drastic did you find that to be over time? We actually did this little experiment with like 30 or 40 different bartenders and did a little blind taste with them. So we did 
Angostura, we did orange bitters, we did, I think, a walnut bitters and a spicy bitter to have like different styles of bitters. Um, so that people weren't saying, you know, oh, well, Stangosaurus blooms and orange bitters don't. Like, we actually did the math, did the science, and then tasted them. And we did have bartenders that, you know, could taste the difference. And we did have a lot of bartenders were like, I don't know, didn't taste any different to me. And I think the whole <laughs> does it. Do you taste it enough to where it really matters? I think is the question there. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I will neither confirm nor deny what I what I tasted, but uh, I do batch for half. Oh wow! Now, yeah. keeping it close, keeping it close to the vest. Yeah, All right, trade secret. Fair I do, enough. I do batch. Uh, for right, right. Sounds like it has an impact. I'm gonna go with. Um, question here: How long does a full booze batch last? And also, how long does a citrus added batch last? That's a great question. Uh, so for citrus batches, I mean, we want to throw away our citrus after like two days because it's going to, you know, it's it's a fruit and it's got bacteria and it's going to be really gross on you. So I would say after two days, just toss Even it. with booze, not fortified enough, just be safe, toss it. Yeah, just to be safe because, you know, like it, it's our guests and, and, you know, that bacteria can really make somebody sick and then it's on us. So... Um, that's again why we do a lot of two touches so that we can get rid of that without wasting the booze and just kind of start mm -hmm. from, um, for batches with booze. I mean, if it's an old fashioned, that's going to stay good for pretty long. If it's got some vermouth in it, obviously that's going to, you know, even if you are fortifying it a little bit with booze, it's still going to oxidize a little bit, but I mean, that'll stay good for quite a while. Not gonna put a date on it, but it'll stay good for a while. Oh uh, yeah, I'm trying to get you to give us a date. Yeah, yeah, I don't work for the FDA, so I don't be like, this is gonna be good for. <laughs> it's good for a decade. Yeah, it's, it's gonna all be good. Fun. Just leave it out in the sun. It's cool. Yeah, it'll it'll be fine. Whatever. You can taste it in sixty years from now. It'll still be delicious. I yeah, Fair I just enough. don't know enough of that science to feel good about. Fair enough. It. Fair enough. Uh, is there anything you don't put in a batch that will go through a draft line? Things you wouldn't put in a batch that would go through a draft line? That's a good question. And I, I, you know, I will say no, because for us, we clean our draft lines after every service. So if you're putting, you know, for the sake of example, if you're putting a daiquiri on draft, that lime juice is really gonna start to corrode your lines. Um, but if you're rinsing that out with just water every night, then it's gonna, it's gonna help you out a lot. You're gonna lose, you know, depending on how long your draft lines are, like three to four cocktails, uh, if your draft lines are super long, maybe a little bit more, but you can kind of work that waste into your cost just to keep your draft lines to be super clean. Um, so yeah, I, I would cool. really, you know, put whatever you want to do in there. Just be mindful of how often you clean it. Heard. All right, moving on. Oh. Event management. We're out of the math. We're out of the spreadsheets. We're into the fun stuff. Um, <laughs> a, a lot of... A lot of these tips, um, you know, come from experience, come from uh, a lot of trial and error on our part. Um, and, you know, we, I have a lot of friends who they're like, I want to, you know, help my best friend out with a wedding and I want to do their cocktails. I don't know how to do that. So, you know, I'll talk to you guys about a couple questions to ask your clients, indoor versus outdoor. How much will they drink? Will there be food served? Um you know, but at the end of the day, the more info that you can get from your client, the more prepared you're going to be. And I will say if, you know, always be over prepared, something that we always say is over promise or sorry, under promise and over deliver. Um, <laughs> over promise, under deliver. Um, well, it's like how many times have you gone somewhere and, and they're like, oh, well, we've got bar tools and we've got menus. And then you get there and they're like, sorry, we don't have any of that stuff. And then you're having to scramble around at the last minute to try to find all these things. So we just say we're going to plan to bring everything and we bring everything and we're never scrambling around. We're hardly ever scrambling around to try to find something at the last minute because uh, hardly ever. Yeah. So I can't say never. Um, so yeah, if you, if you're, you know, going to go into a van bartending something, try to bring your own tools, uh, try to just be as prepared as you possibly can so that when you get there, you're feeling good, you're setting up, you're not stressed out, scrambling around, kind of the same with doing a cocktail competition. You want to have your sheet with everything that you have. You want to have like 
your map out of how you're going to set out your bar, you know, however in depth you want to get with it. Um, just over prepare, over prepare. Uh, and you know, even if you do do this event and you have extra stuff and somebody comes up to you and they're like, Oh my God, I forgot my muddler and my funnel. And you're like, cool. I've got an extra one here. You know, it's an, it's a, it's a nice way to help your friends out. And, uh, you know, everybody's been in that pinch before. So a little good karma might go a long way for you. Uh, so yeah, important questions to ask your client, uh, as many questions as you have to, honestly, like there's, ask as many questions as you need to, to really, really be prepared. But here's a, a couple of important ones are, you know, what is the celebration? There's a really big difference between the way that guests drink at a baby shower versus a wedding reception. Uh, maybe not the baby showers I go to because they're like kind of a big party. Um, <laughs> but knowing what they're celebrating will really help you to come up with the cocktails, plan for how many they're gonna drink, um, you know, and you, you know what you're walking into at the end of the day. Um, <clears throat> guest count is also important, uh, and guest count as well as are they drinkers and what they're going to be drinking. So if you're going to a party of a hundred with a hundred bartenders, you know, they're going to be drinking a lot and they're going to be drinking a lot of cocktails. But if you're going to, uh, you know, a 90th birthday with 50 people, I would assume they're not going to be crashing as many cocktails. So knowing how many people are there and what their drinking styles are going to be like. And this is something that you can ask your client as well. Like, hey, how, you know, are your friends beer drinkers? Are they whiskey drinkers? Are they rum drinkers? Are they wine drinkers? Do they not drink at all? They're going to know their guests better than you will. So that'll help you kind of plan out how many cocktails to bring and what style of service you're going to do. So we're going to do cocktails, beer and wine. We're just going to do cocktails. We're just going to do beer and wine. Uh, it'll really, really help you out. And asking if there is a bar space, it's actually really, really amazing how many people we, we plan events with like consumers and we're like, okay, cool. Where should we set up the bar? Where's the bar space? And they're like, Oh, we don't know. <laughs> and so then you're like, okay, well then you're stuck, you know, bartending at a desk or kind of hunched over like at a, you know, little kid's table. Um, so just kind of keeping that in, in their mind as something to think about, Oh, where do we set this piece up? Where, do, where's the drinks going to come out of? Where's the bartender going to serve out of? And then last, have you ever had any, any, a group of 90 year old bartenders? I wish there's a bar here. Um, <laughs> that is a bunch of old men that work there and I, you know, nice. I love going there, but they, uh, yeah, it's just a bunch of old dudes just cracking beer. And it's like the only bar that you can still smoke in in Chicago, which is disgusting to me. And, you know, you leave and you like reek of cigarettes. But it's just cool seeing a bunch of old crotchety dudes, you know, opening beers. <laughs> the bar. Why not? That's going to be that's going to be me in 60 years, you know, an old crotchety dude. Yeah, old crotchety dude. Yep. Nice. Uh, <laughs> we have a question here. Is there a way to calculate how much ice you would need for service? service like bar service I think uh, so that's what yeah. I'm gonna read into that yeah it would be about where is that uh, it would be about the same so I don't know if you were here earlier we talked about um, like pre-diluted so for bar service you're generally gonna be working with un, uh, undiluted so you'd need about a half pound for uh, a half pound for serving and shaking and stirring and then if you're serving it up, you'd need about a quarter pound for stirring or shaking. So just do your math on what you, what your average number of drinks that you have going out would be and kind of build from there. Overestimate yeah. by a bit. Yeah, and, and if your bar is inside too, you know, you're not gonna lose a lot of the ice because it's in an ice well. It's not melting as quickly as it would outside. So if you're talking about like an outside, you know, pool bar, or patio bar or something, um, I would adjust and bring out a little bit more just because you're going to lose quite a bit of that. Gotcha. And we get to look at vanilla ice again. So thank you for there you go. Bring this back yeah. to that slide. Um, I like and, how you're you're asking me the hard questions about the questions. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so again, we were, we were just talking about this. So great. So indoor versus outdoor. Josh and I always joke around and say there's a, a little saying here with Morton Salt, it's like a Chicago thing, it's when it rains it pours. And we found that more often than not, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot for saying this, so I'm going to go ahead and knock on wood, but most of our large events that we've ever done have poured rain. 
And so we're just loading in like, oh God, like our very first event that we did was outside underneath an overpass and it's just dumping rain the entire time. Uh, and so we always joke around. We're like, well, you know, when it rains, we pour. Rain or shine, we're still gonna make it. There we go. That's the last one, you promise. Oh, come on, that's it. Done after this one. Um, so again, over-prepare if your event is outside. I mean, we've we've had like seven straight days of rain here in Chicago uh, this week. So, you know, know what you're walking into. Bring a change of clothes. Bring a change of socks. I will say if you are bartending outside and the off chance that maybe it rains when you're loading out, you don't want to bartend the entire shift or night with wet socks. I keep a pair in the car. You know, it's it's really come in handy. You can just quick change those. You're going to be a lot more comfortable. Um, and then if you, even if it's not raining, if you are bartending outside, like at a, a festival or something, um, you know, put down like cardboard or break down a couple boxes and stand on those because your your station where you're standing for eight to ten hours is going to get really really muddy really quickly, especially if you're dumping and shaking and rinsing and doing all these things. The area where you're standing is going to get really muddy really, really quickly. Um, and then we've talked about this a little bit. So bring more ice, especially in the summer months. So just make sure to adjust for that. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Dress accordingly and have fun because who doesn't love an outdoor event? I mean, me, because I'm super pale and just covering myself in sunscreen the entire time. But <laughs> you get to bartend outside for a while and that's really fun. And that's, right that's all I have for you guys. And awesome. It's good timing, so. Good timing, yeah. Let me throw your cocktail up again here, uh, just so for people at home. Oh, you want to talk about it real quick with the uh, with the specs here? Yeah. So um, we, I took a little uh, leftover kumquats from an event, just sliced those really thinly, pressed them into some uh, dry vermouth, and then we have some plantation dark. Uh, we've pre-diluted and bottled it and kept it on ice. So you can see it's kind of dewy around here because I've had it on ice. Where is it? Um, so yeah, all we had to do was pull it out of our ice, pour a little bit into our glass, garnish it with a little uh, orange oil, and we're ready to go. That's it. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Sounds delicious. Wish I had one. I'll send you some. Uh, well, thank you so much. Carly, that was super fun. I learned a lot. It's interesting because, uh, as we mentioned, we're doing a canned cocktail, and the scale up from a small bench sample to a thousand liters of cocktail is uh, pretty insane and pretty scary once you taste it and you realize you've got to balance it out uh, because it's not exactly what you thought it might be. You know, so it's amazing what happens when when things get in large quantities. Yeah, you can't just adjust with like a bar spoon of sugar or no. juice. You're like, well, I guess I need 10,000 more gallons of this thing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's big adjustments, it's mm -hmm. big adjustments. Uh, yeah, very cool. All right, we're gonna bring you back to say goodbye. I'm just gonna get this crew on here now. Hello, hello. Hi. Hi. How you doing, how's the bar? Uh, they, they're fine. It's about to storm, so they're going to be slow as hell. Okay, there you go. Seems like a theme. <laughs> Seems yeah. like a theme. Uh, cool. So I got your five questions here. Um, describe Wildwood. <laughs> a blast. Um, so the, the main component I love the most about Wildwood, especially because it was such an intimate group, it was so small, it was like 30 of us. It was like hanging out with like a, not a family per se, but like a family reunion where you kind of know everybody already, but not quite everyone. So you're learning about what your bar, what do you do for this technique? What are everything? But I guess if we're going to talk about Wildwood itself, uh, well, obviously your mom and dad's place because it was amazing. <laughs> that was so cool. I loved it. it was like your parents' place. I was like, this is awesome. But the fact that every little place had its own theme, one was a spaceship, one was a, um, a beautiful boat. One was this. I'm like, I could just chill out here for a whole month and like discover all these cool little places. It's awesome. And of course, like the uh, obviously the boardwalk itself and the the roller coasters and the the racing of the cars. That was really cool too. But are we talking about the location? Are we talking about the experience? I think you got it. I think you got it. <laughs> spaceships, 
boardwalk, cars. Yeah. She covered everything. Covered everything. Covered everything. One of my favorite experiences by far compared like, you know, you've done tales and everything like that, but it's it's just an intimate group and it's small and everybody, it's just, it's just so much more fun. And plus like. Better than tales. You heard it here first. Well, Tails is overwhelming. Like, you can't, too, yeah, so yeah. I'm holding her to that. It's <laughs> going on our <laughs> website. Now, keep in mind, Better like, tales. I had to work Tails, so that was <laughs> Yeah, right? It is. It's great and overwhelming. Uh, just <laughs> kidding. Just kidding, guys. All right. Weirdest Wildwood experience. Weirdest. Weirdest. Ooh, okay. There was one girl in our group that was just an experience herself. So we're going to say that. I won't say where she's from and what bar she is, but she and there was another individual from Texas who were just an experience in themselves. I don't know if you remember the group I went with. It was like two years ago, obviously. I'm sure Steven does. But the way she would dress and the way she would act and the way, like it was very flamboyant and everything. And I just, every time she walked into a room, I'm like, okay. Like that was, (laughs) besides that, I would have to say, the monkey shoulder dance party was fun. Oh God, he, what's his name? Oh, the older gentleman, he's a blast. Um, Barry? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> she's talking about Cleve. Yes. Oh, Cleve, yeah, yeah. Do not, do not yeah, besmirch yeah, yeah. the name of my boyfriend, Barry, <laughs> the taller driver. I wish you would. No, <laughs> the stoic truck, oh no, that, that guy was funny as well. <laughs> And I felt like we were gonna die in sometimes, but it was fine. Um, no, but <laughs> it was great. Um, it was one of those things like it was talking. It was like talking to your cool tiki grandfather, like half the time with him. You're like, okay, you've had some background and some history. Okay, I feel like we would have two tiki grandfather. He is. It's like talking to your like. Tell me your past. What's going on? Like he was just great. I guess the experience. I think he reads house. fortunes. You know, he DJs. He was incredible. He bartends. He's incredible. <laughs> what does it Cleve do? Right? You know? Nothing at all. <laughs> it was awesome just sitting down and being like, just tell me more. Just keep going. This is awesome. <laughs> so he's actually going to be on, and he's going to be talking about the Tiki soundtrack in I think about a month, four to six weeks. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So that'll like, be fun. So yeah, I guess that'll my favorite experiences were people. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, I got to tell you guys. So my nephew, who's now a little bit over one, he started to say Wildwood, sort of. He says, <laughs> wow-woo, wow-woo. I mean, he says it better than a lot of people, so. There you go. It's closer. It's closer. Yeah. All right. Favorite meal not made by my dad. Favorite meal. <laughs> Um, this is the most unfair question. Yeah, because the whole thing is a whirlwind. So I would have to say really bad food on the boardwalk. I know it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's like not Delicious. the best at all. Obviously, the Patron catered meal was amazing. But that was just the experience, like being there with staff and talking and going around. And um, of course, that was more buffet style. But even then, like, they gave us like all those cute little mugs and things like that. So I guess that would yeah. be my favorite. But being on the boardwalk. Grease on the boardwalk, really. Yeah. yeah the I was boardwalk. just there. I was on the boardwalk five days ago. and four, I was on the boardwalk for three straight days, basically, last week. Yeah? Oh, I'm jealous, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I get to go, I get to go there, so I'm very excited. <laughs> yes. All right. What's up in Cleveland? Tell us what's going on. Uh, well, let's see. Um we're kind of still re um if you will so many bars are reopening one of my favorite tiki bars porco's tiki lounge is reopening uh the beginning of next oh uh, yeah nice uh, well, our bar here is a sailor we call ourselves a sailor's club we've never uh stepped on porco's toes because they're a fucking bomb ass i know like porco's sponsored you guys in the past um there's a lot of craft bars that coming up and surging, but it's really funny because of what the seminar talked about today. A lot of our bars are starting these huge batch programs. So like my bar specifically, as she was talking, I got to cut it uh, the tail end of that. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I, okay, cool. Oh, we're on the same page. Awesome. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> I run a slushy program. So I have over uh, 15 different slushies that I have to maintain all the time and switch wow, out. Yeah. I have five craft, um, 
cocktails on draft and things of that nature. So all I do is batching nowadays. So that was really cool. But I see a, a lot of other bars are catching on to that. Yeah. It seems totally to be true. It's, trend. it's the trend now. You got all the bottle cocktails and all the bottle syrups and things like that, Aaron. Um, <laughs> obviously, Aaron can speak to that a lot. But it's really cool. And then uh, a lot of us are private business owners. So we have like um, bigger cocktails getting sold uh, at least by statewide. So we have one that's local that's being sold by the state now that's called Pope's Cocktails. And then we also have one, um, speaking of big events and things of that, we have Happy Hour Campers and they travel uh, to different states as well, but they have like an actual camper that travels with big batches of stuff. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, they're more catering and obviously weddings and things. So this whole seminar, I was like, oh yeah, this is all about like, yeah, we got this. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, Amazing. I guess what Cleveland's up to now. Good update. Sounds good. I'm, I'm liking that these are a lot more positive than they used to be. Uh, <laughs> next week, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Wayne Curtis, rum author extraordinaire, talking about rums in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, sponsored by Appleton. I think this will be a really cool one about some antique stuff. Steva, what did I forget? Nothing. I think that's it. Oh, applications are still open. Yes. Applications are still open for September Tiki by the Sea. Wave one is 12 to 14. Wave two is 19 to 21. If you are accepted for last year, you're honored to come as long as you still qualify. But we're, we're looking at some new applications to fill in some spots for people who moved on. And the link is on our website. TikiBytheSea.com. Check your Hit emails. on the hip. <laughs> Check your emails. Check your it's time. It's been a year and a half. You can open up the email inbox again, people. <laughs> Carly, you're back. Thank you so much, everybody. It's been super fun. I learned stuff. I like your easy math. Super stoked <laughs> to see you guys in real life, hopefully in the next uh, remainder of this year. Awesome. <laughs> Bye. Bye.